Well, hello, Virtual Colorado Trail Challenge runners. Welcome to episode number two of the Virtual Colorado Challenge podcast. My name is Jim Lynch. I am your host, and I'm also a participant in this challenge. So we are a little over two weeks into the 500-mile challenge, which you have 95 days to complete because it goes through June 1st through September 3rd. We have over 600 participants either in the solo or the relays and they are moving i'm telling you there's some major mileage going on out there it's uh, it's a lot of fun and it's also great to see runners from all over the place not only colorado but all over the u.s and a few other countries and there's still time to sign up if you want if you want to go solo or a two three or four person relay you can still get it done you got plenty of time two and a half months maybe a little less than that And you can do that at ultrasignup.com and just look for the Virtual Colorado Trail Challenge. All right, well, let's get on with the show. We have two incredible guests joining us this episode. Dale Garland is the race director for the Hard Rock, the most iconic high elevation endurance event in the U.S. It is held in Silverton, Colorado each year, but sadly it was canceled last year due to snow and this year due to the pandemic. Dale is also very connected with the Colorado Trail. In 1988, he was one of a four-person team to complete the entire Colorado Trail and was part of the opening ceremonies. Scott Jaime is a known endurance ultra runner. He set the Colorado Trail record in 2013, running it in eight days, seven hours, and 40 minutes. He held that record until 2017 when Brian Williams, co-race director of the challenge you're actually participating in here, set the fastest known time of eight days and 30 minutes. Scott has an amazing resume. He's completed 85 races and 28 of them were podiums, which uh, some were second and third places at the Hard Rock that Dale's the race director for. So you're going to hear some very interesting stories from both of these gentlemen and, of course, an update from Brian. And with that, let's get this show on the road or the trail or the beach or the bike path or the treadmill. Basically, wherever or however you're getting in your miles to get to that 500 mark. All right, welcome. This is our second podcast for the Virtual Colorado Trail Challenge. It's the third week. Our guests this week are Dale Garland and Scott Jaime. And uh, Brian Williams is not a guest, but he's on every time. And Brian, you're going to be filling in today for David Manthe as far as giving an update on what's going on with the Colorado Trail Challenge. I know I'm having a great time with my partner. We're almost at 200 miles. We keep bouncing back and forth between around 22nd and 12th place, but we're having a good time. Uh, getting the miles in, and it's uh, it's a great, great challenge so far. So I'm appreciating it. So how about an update? Thanks, Jim. And I want to just thank Dale and uh, Scott for joining us today. Super excited about that. You know, probably the biggest news here for the participants of our virtual Colorado Trail Challenge, uh, we have a two-person team, ATC Zero, with Bill Sousa and Scott Ryberg. Um, they have already completed 500 miles in two and a half weeks. So huge props to those guys. That's super exciting. You know, I just want to share part of this is just verifying some of these um, GPS tracks and verifying the data. 
but we've got some great gifts for all you guys and uh, you guys can be expecting, uh, we'll be contacting you guys soon. So you can kind of look forward to some of your awards. You know, I just want to thank everybody for posting on Facebook. Personally, this has been like one of the best part of the events for me. I haven't personally engaged on Facebook much, but with this event, man, this has been super fun for me. I've loved seeing all the pictures, your smiling faces, the videos. You guys are sharing where you're from and how many miles you're putting in. And, uh, you know, really the best thing about Facebook, it's just this social platform to share that. And the fact that we have this private group for all you participants, man, I, it's kind of like I look forward to just kind of logging in every day and seeing what you guys are doing. One of the kind of the highlights too, man, seeing the pictures of the amazing sunrises and sunsets, the wildflowers that are in bloom right now, and all your guys' uh, furry four-legged friends. Um, that's really fun. A few people to highlight here, um, Peggy Della Rosa. Um, she got pretty creative with her run. Um, she actually ran through the Cameron Park Zoo in Waco, Texas. She posted 27 pictures of all the different animals through there. And you know what? I haven't even been to a zoo in a while. I'm like, man, that wow. was awesome. That was super creative. What a great way to get in your miles. And um, Kim Burry from rural, rural Wisconsin says she was just running down the street about a quarter mile from her house. She thought she saw a black lab running towards her. Then she realized it was a black bear. Um, I'm actually surprised she even had enough time to get out her phone and take pictures. I'm like, I think I would have been out of there. Um, but hey, glad you're okay. During Laurel Hoppiner's 6.4 mile hike up Willow Creek Falls, um, she had a mountain goat walk straight down the trail towards her and got a really cool video of that. I've got memories of hiking Colorado 14ers and seeing them up there. So um, I think that's a pretty neat thing to share with some of our participants. Colleen Noonan shared a picture of fresh cuts, scrapes, and bruises from her epic run. Sounds like she took a pretty nasty fall, and it just happened to be um, right at the end of the run. Looked pretty nasty, but I have a feeling that it won't take long for her to get right back on the trails. So one thing that was really inspiring, David Dronau ran 11 miles. This is his longest run in 20 years, and that was since high school. So... Man, super proud of you and keep it up. And these are the kind of things that I think continue to inspire all of us through this uh, 95-day challenge. This is amazing. Um, um, can I ask you, Brian, is, are more people signing up still? Because we're, you know, they still have two and a half months to do this thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just last week we had 57 new members and uh that was super cool. So over the course of the whole three months, we're going to keep registration open because the fact is Scott and I both have proved you guys can run 500 miles in a week. So that challenge is out there to all these people still. You so. guys can run 500 miles in a week. <laughs> I can't run 500 miles in a week. Well, <laughs> I don't think I could do it right now either. But, you know, we know there, there are people that can and we want to present that opportunity to them. You know, I'll just kind of highlight just a few more things that there are 
Colorado participants here. And it's super cool to have them sharing pictures and video of they are currently getting out, making the extra effort to share pictures of the Colorado Trail, whether it's uh, Mount Princeton or Twin Lakes out of Leadville. Um, People are hiking Hope Pass, famous summit of the Leadville 100-mile course. So we just want to encourage all you guys to keep sharing your pictures, your posts. And really, that that's the really fun, interactive part of a unique virtual challenge like this. So keep it up. And I'll look forward to kind of sharing that with you through this adventure, this summer-long adventure. So thanks again. This is, um, this is really cool, by the way. It, it's, you know, you always have that big surge at the beginning of people doing a lot of miles. So it'll be interesting to see how many continue on this aggressive path and how many people kind of taper down and want to enjoy the three months and the 95 days or those that are going to want to get done as quick as possible, like that team out of Maryland that did it in two weeks. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So um, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. And I know you'll be looping back in with our guests, uh, Dale Garland and Scott Jaime. Dale, let's get to you first. You're, you got a pretty big deal down there in uh, Durango. You're the race director of the Hard Rock, the most iconic high elevation endurance event in existence. Uh, and you're also a high school teacher at uh, Durango High School. Uh, and you have, uh, have some connection in with the uh, Colorado Trail. You were there in the inaugural year for the opening ceremonies with a four-person team. And uh, you all just killed it. Uh, you ran it in 17 days. Um, mm-hmm. So so tell me about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's a pleasure to be be with you, Jim. And, and thanks to, to Brian and David and, and you for inviting me. And it's always good to see Scott because we do share this common common bond of, of all being hard rockers. So um, it's, it's really cool. But yeah, the, I think if I... When I look back at my introduction to, to ultra distance running, it really did start with the Colorado Trail. Um, in 1986, I was reading the Denver Post and came across this article about this this woman by the name of Goody Gaskell who was trying to put together uh, uh, finishing touches on the Colorado Trail. And so I I, I remember the day I, she lived up on Lookout Mountain and it was snowing, and I drove my little Toyota Celica up in the in the snow to meet Goody and. And she said, well, why don't you, why don't you start planning uh, to be part of the opening ceremony? And it's like, well, what does that mean? She goes, well, you're a runner. Why don't you run to, run to Denver from Durango and be part of the opening ceremony? And it's like, okay, well, I guess we can do that. And not having any ultra-distance running experience or anything like that, I come from a road racing background. Um, it really was a, a challenge to kind of start putting it together, uh, something not only that I didn't know how to do personally, but then we didn't have any of the, you know, the things that we probably think of now that Scott and Brian have access to in terms of GPS and Strava and all those kinds of things. We had a bunch of, you know, maps and and literally uh, a trail that was in some parts still being marked and still being constructed um, when we when we took off in 1988. That's amazing. And you had a four person team. Who were your other team members? I, I looked around for three other people in Durango who I who kind of wanted an adventure, and that's the way we looked at it. It was it was purely an, for us. It was purely an adventure of of doing something that none of us had done. And so we found uh, one guy who had run one fifty kilometer run, um, and said, "Yeah, I'll be part of it." 
And then a, a guy, we figured we probably need somebody with some medical experience. So we worked, um, we got a guy, a physical therapist who we, uh, we knew. Um, and he said, yeah, I'll join in. And then we had a, a college kid who it was kind of literally one of those things like, if, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings, it was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like a great adventure. Where are we going? Kind of thing. And, and so he he joined. He joined. Was he the hobbit? This, yeah, like Merry and Pippin. You know, he was like, he was like, I can't remember which one it was. But it was like, yeah, I'll go on this adventure. It's like, but where are we going? So, um, so yeah, and that was, it took us basically kind of two years to kind of plan it all out and, and you know, and look at maps and, and figure out. It was, it was literally one of the best vacations I've ever had because we had this great support crew that helped us literally um, the whole way. And so then we were able to actually work backwards from the opening ceremony in Denver. And we started uh, 17 days before that. We figured out that's what it would take us to get to Denver. And, and it all worked out that we, we ended up, we actually ended up about in Denver two hours before the opening ceremonies uh, we were supposed to be. So we literally, after running 500 miles, we sat a mile outside of the opening ceremony and just waited for the ceremonial call for us to come running in. An hour, hour, hour and a half. I don't remember what it was. It was like an hour, hour and a half of just sitting literally outside the gates while they did all the, you know, the things you do at an opening ceremony. So the first, oh. being the first running of this, you know, there wasn't really anything planned except for what you planned and looked at and analyzed with the maps and all that. What challenges did you have that first year? Yeah, um, I think the, the biggest, well, a couple of them, Jim. I think the first one, the the biggest challenge was not knowing what we didn't know, you know, and, and we didn't really know. None of us had done anything like this before. We had no real experience in, in multi-day running or anything like that. And so that was, that was a huge thing. Uh, nutrition was a huge thing. Uh, we didn't know the, our feed and fluid schedule. And then the third part literally was the, the navigation part. I think we got lost every day because I remember there was a lot of places where we ran by as people were putting in sign markers for the Colorado Trail. Um, you know, they, it was still being built kind of as we were running, running by. And so uh, not having not having a real good idea where the hell we were going on a daily basis was was kind of a challenge as well. I, I just I'll, I'll interject on that, because when I ran um, part of my crew asked, well, man, do you need a map or how do you. How do you feel? Do you think you're going to get lost out there? And I'm like, oh, man, the CT is like so well marked. Like, I'm all good. And yeah. I was surprised I made maybe about a quarter mile. There was a little split that I just wasn't paying attention. But I think yeah. that's a pretty big difference from as the trail was just first opened and being constructed and being marked versus, you know, a couple years ago now and what all right. the improvements that they continue to make year yeah. after year. And, and Bill Manning and the Colorado Trail organization do a, do a great job. But for us, it kind of got to a point of not if we were going to get lost, but when we were going to get lost and how we had to kind of figure out to get from from one place to the, you know, when we when we missed the trail marker or we missed the trail or whatever. It was a challenge. So you guys might have been the fastest, but I bet I've run the furthest on the Colorado Trail. I've I'd share a double tra- double backing on that. Those are the bonus miles, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, Dale, it sounds like, you know, you had four people. Scott, I believe you kind of went at that solo and I had a two person team, but we all went in fully supported. We had crew. But Dale, for you, did you find it challenging to keep everybody 
your four person team together? I mean, I got to assume you guys all had highs and lows and at different mm-hmm. times. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, what did that mean for you personally, for your team, but also crewing and, you know, kind of logistics of where you guys ended up each night? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I think that's probably a little bit different than the experience that you and Scott had where we were, we weren't necessarily all that concerned with moving as quickly as we could. You know, as long as we were in Denver on opening day, that's all we really needed to worry about. So we we tried to stay together as, as much as possible. Of the four of us, three of us did suffer at least one day where they had to, you know, either for a, an injury or fatigue or something like that, uh, had to sit out a day. And so we, we just throw them in with the sag wagon and have them, you know, meet us at the next campground. We had my dad and, and one of the other guys' his dad as kind of our crew chiefs, and they would set everything up, and we'd roll in, and dinner would be cooked, and our tents would be popped up, and it was it was great. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like maybe the all four of you maybe didn't complete the whole thing. Right. Not at that time. How do I say this? I was the one that did finish it all without a day yeah, off, yeah. but oh. the other three have since gone back and run those days, those legs that they that they had to sit out because we thought it was important that we did finish it. What was the ceremony like in Waterton Canyon for you guys? It was supposed to be fun and it, and it was fun. And they had, you know, the the land management officials there. They had a band. Goody was there. Um, you know, everything you would expect of an opening of, of such an iconic thing as the Colorado Trail. Uh, it was a little bit tough for us just to sit outside and listen <laughs> while all this stuff was going on. And then, you know, we had a guy in there, you know, saying, OK, it's time for you guys to come running in. You know, like like we were all maybe a half a mile away. And it's like, come on, come on, run in, run in. It's like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Somebody else needs to make a speech. So we'd have to stop. And then it's like. Okay, come in. Now it's the time. No, 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 wait. Somebody else needs to say something. You know, now somebody's going to play a song. It's like, and finally we were just like, okay, we just got to get this done because we were like, you know, we're tired of sitting there for, you know, just sitting out there, just waiting to complete this. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like, I mean, man, if you guys plan for seven, 17 days and we're there on 17 days, man, mission accomplished, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, and it, it it is to this day, you know, even with all these other things that have kind of done I've done afterwards, it's still one of those things that defines me. The accomplishment of 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 doing that, and not only set not only doing the actual thing, but setting the goal, and then working working through all the logistics, working through all the issues, and working problem solving and stuff like that. It's it's just one of the the things that you know, it, it's just so cool, and it's something that that I still. I still look back with with a lot of fondness and a lot of good thoughts. Those are such good and memories. And I've got three good friends that I still keep in touch with. That's, so that's, oh, that's lifelong great. bond, man. Lifelong yeah. bond. I want to jump over to Scott. And by the way, Scott, thank you for coming out of the mountains for just a little bit to talk with us today. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at your fastest known time uh, records and and podiums here. And you live up in the mountains, right? You just live in a tent up there and just run all the time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'm a hermit. I mean, look at me. Yeah, I know. know, I sleep in my truck in the parking lot and people just show up and- well, I you, you trimmed the beard Sunday for the podcast. Some random parking lot and we just started running. So 
Yeah, that's that's me. Well, you <laughs> you, you have. Hey, Jim, uh, you might want to ask his wife about that a little bit too, because oh, you have a wife. Okay, I just yeah, I didn't. She hates the tent. She hates the tent. She always wants running water. I don't know why. <laughs> At least she hangs with you. I mean, that's a plus. <laughs> oh, amazing. You know, I'm looking at these uh, results here and, and you have 85 races. It looked like you started somewhere around 2004 doing your endurance runs here. And then you, you know, you have one heck of a, a bunch of podiums in here. You have some first places, a lot of seconds and thirds, seconds and thirds at the uh, Hard Rock. Uh, but you've done Leadville, Collegiate Peaks, you even done the JFK 50 out on uh, the East Coast, Maryland. I have a lot of friends that do that because I lived in that area for two years. But your you, one of your accomplishments, and, and note, you're a second record holder for the uh, Colorado Trail. In 2013, you absolutely uh, killed it at eight hours or eight days and uh, seven hours and 40 minutes. And then this guy, Brian, came along and knocked your time out of there, which I'm glad you're still friends. But uh, what's interesting and, and congratulations on all your accomplishments is that your name has come up so much. And I know that Brian, one of his main reasons why he wanted to do this is because he saw your your documentary and got jazzed about it and wanted to do it and got invited with uh, Eric and Boots and all them out there. But uh, can you tell me about your 2013 experience? Yeah. I I mean, I think Dale uh, said it already. It was a life-changing experience. I had actually done the trail in 2011 when I turned 40 and I, and I, I did it. So, so Dale had a, he, he wanted to finish when they had the opening ceremonies at, at Waterton Canyon. My whole goal of finishing the Colorado trail was to finish on my 40th birthday in Durango. That's it. I, I remember my wife uh, saying to me, are you sure that's what you want to do for your 40th birthday? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we, we live in the mountains in a tent. Don't you remember? That's what you do. <laughs> no, um, but, you know, it was when I did it in 2011, it wasn't for any record. It was just to really figure out if I can do it. And, and you know, I, I applaud Dale because when he did it, you didn't know it could be done. You didn't know it was humanly possible at that time. And for somebody to set the bar out there to do something before it's ever been done, I think is the biggest accomplishment that anybody could have. Because once once you set a time, then then other people go after it and they say, I wonder if I could beat that time. I wonder if I can get a little faster. And and there we have the FKT, the fastest known time with Buzz and 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 everybody else. So I think it's just the human spirit. And I congratulate Dale because of continually making other people better um, with the human spirit. So having said that. You're a um, heck of a guy, Scott. You know what? It's a You're love a fest here. You know what? It's a it's a love fest, but you know what? It's, it's a small community and and it's a community. I mean, you, you mentioned all of these results. And the only reason I run races is are, are two reasons. Um to drink more beer. That's number one. Um, but to see my friends, my, my family, um, that's who, who they know. My wife 
knows Carl Meltzer's wife because we did a lot of running together at Hard Rock. Um, and I'll just, I, I'll get to your question in a minute, but I want to tell you a funny story. So one year I didn't do Hard Rock and I did Western States instead. And, and my wife, she came to me and she goes, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? What are you going to do? And she's like, well, like Cheryl's going to be there and everybody else going to be at Hard Rock, but we're not going to be there. Um, and so I, I tell you that and you say love fest and it's, it, I only have all of these results because that's what I love to do. I love to be around that community. So when I did the trail in 2011, I finished in 11 and a half days and it wasn't for anything else just to do it. Um, and I, and, and I suffered mightily. And four years later, I thought, you know what? I think I can do a little bit better, but it's that human spirit. I don't remember the gentleman's name. You got to forgive me that had the record, but it was, I think, eight days, 12 hours. And he had done the trail a couple times. Paul Pomeroy. Pomeroy? Yeah, Paul Pomeroy. Pomeroy. And he's, he's good friends with uh, Buzz and, and that crew. And I know he, he had done the trail supported, unsupported. And he may have done it one time, not talking to a single person. I think that's one of his things is, is just doing that. So he set the record and I, and I thought, you know what? I, I will never be this age again. I will never be this fit again. I'm just going to give it a try. So I set out to do it. And, and I, had, um, I had Matt Trappy document it. And it, was, it wasn't for the purpose of doing a movie. It, it actually was because the first time I did the trail, my wife was taking pictures and taking video and I didn't know how to document it. So someday I show my kids, I said, Hey, you know, any video photographers or anything of somebody who could take like a journey of the, of this trail. And he's like, yeah, I could do it. And so that born this running the edge movie that, um, you know, you talked about in, in where we went around and we did a little tour and it was only for the purposes of, really showing uh, my kids of what was possible um, if you really set your mind to doing something. And, and two, if you were passionate about something and, and being in the mountains, running ultras, being with my friends and being people with like minds were, was my passion. So, I mean, I, I did the trail again and I suffered mightily. I remember getting to Cottonwood Creek, which is uh, it's, a, it's, it's in Buena Vista, it's North Cottonwood Creek and it's a big road. Um, I remember getting there with, uh, Brian Powell and we just went over the, the saddle of, of Mount Yale, I think. And I got there extra late and I, I was going to throw in the towel because I was suffering so bad. My shins hurt. And I remember I went into the trailer about seven 30, which was early. If you were going for an FKT seven 30 is way too early to be in the trailer. Right, Brian? Right. <laughs> that means you're getting in at 7.30 p.m., not 7.30 a.m., right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but but I, I got it in the trailer. I drank a beer. Um, I ate a burrito. I ate some French toast. I had a hamburger. I don't even know what else I ate. But I was so mad at myself because I gave up mentally. I had given up on myself. But not only that, I'd given up on everybody else around me that was supporting me, my father-in-law, my wife, my in-laws, my parents. I must have had 10 people around me, not to mention um, people who were pacing me every single day. And, and I got so mad at myself because I gave up on myself. 
I got up at two o'clock in the morning and I was I was pissed off. And and I really wanted to say, you know what, it's now or never. And I can tell you that went through my mind at that very moment. And it was full steam ahead from that point on. And and I guess my point of, of telling you this story is that I think we all doubt ourselves mm-hmm. almost every day as to what we can accomplish. And really the limiting factor is our mind. Our our bodies will do twice as much as our mind thinks we we can do. Peter Bachwin actually told me that. Peter Bachwin did a double hard rock one year. He did it, he did it once before the race, and then he did it the other way during the race. And I remember reaching out to him. I said, How did you do that? And he said, You know what? Your your body will do twice as much as your mind thinks it will. Your mind is a limiting factor. Once he told me that, it, it never left me. And that kind of cemented my just keep on going on the trail. But it, but I will tell you, from Cottonwood Creek in, it was 16, 17-hour days. It was thunderstorms. It was lightning. It was bad. But I persevered and, and, and got to the end. Um, and it was the greatest experience of my life. And it will continue to be. That's awesome. And I think, you, you know, we'll go back to the love fest thing. I think it applies... <laughs> Me being a, I, no, I'm not, I'm not into love fest, sort of. What? Maybe I am, I don't know. But it applies also to, you know. In, in, I just want you to know I'm crying. You're crying right now? Yeah. No, with marathons and, you know, my running tribe that I run with, I mean, it's, they're, they're my life, man. They're my life. I look forward to seeing them. I look forward to every single run with them. So I understand where you're coming from. How did it feel? in 2013 when you, uh, you broke the record? Um, surreal. So I, I, I left Breckenridge and I didn't stop. So it was 38 hours straight from Breckenridge in for me to break the record. So I was, I was hollow, but, but I, I still remember the tingling feelings and, and people lining up, um, at, in Waterton Canyon at the finish when I was there, because I, I finished, I think at 1245 in, in the afternoon, but, I'll, I'll never forget that. Just just thinking, I cannot believe that I'm here. I cannot believe what I just did. I never, ever thought it would come to an end. And I know Dale can say that. I know that Brian can say that because there are lonely days out there. Even if you're with people, but you are in your head. And when it comes to an end, I think I probably slept for 48 hours straight. My wife kept kicking me in the tent every once in a while. Um, just like, are you alive? And yeah, I, I, it lives with me every single day. That that's how it feels. So when you were doing your uh, run in 2013, you just talked about your body can do twice as much as what you think. It's your mind and not giving up. Was there any point in that run in 2013 where you were thinking negatively and, and then on the other end of that spectrum to the second part of the question, was there periods of time where you think you could be Superman and do the whole thing just like a piece of cake? Yeah. Um, there was a point in every day and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was something that I ate, um, or, or just conversations or if it was the time of the day, but I would be buzzing and, and I would just cruise and and I was going faster than my pacers and they would kind of pull me over and go, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm on fire. I feel great. And it usually, I mean, it probably one or two o'clock in the afternoon is when it happened. 
my worst times of the day um, were probably right as soon as it got dark and when I had to turn on my headlamp and it never, ever ended. I could never get to the place I wanted to. And it was always longer than I thought it was going to be. I remember one type time going into into Leadville. Uh, what's that big lake there where that aid station is? Either Twin Lakes or Turquoise? Twin lakes. Turquoise, tur- yeah. Turquoise. Turquoise Lake. I remember coming around and I I, I just remember I, I had a pacer with me and, and I just started throwing rocks and I would pick up rocks and just try to vent because I was, I was breaking down and I didn't know how much further I had to go. So it seemed like every night it was, uh, when it got dark. So, uh, for those that are listening, Brian, uh, Williams, he is the record holder and he did it in eight days and 30 minutes, but can you kind of weave in on the inspiration that Scott gave you to do what you did? Oh man, absolutely. You know, man, to hear each of your stories, Dale and Scott, so much of that resonates with me. It's that journey and that experience that we all shared on the Colorado Trail at different times and maybe different paces and different people and just a different time in our own unique lives. But I'm uh, humbled and honored to share that with you. And thanks for being a part of this. You know, (laughs) Scott, I want to give credit to you personally, because you are the one that inspired me to do this. I went and saw the video that Matt Trappy filmed, the documentary down in Denver. I remember meeting you probably personally the very first time. I think maybe Smith might have been one of your sponsors, and I got some cool like trucker hat and a (laughs) sticker. And Dude, that was cool, man. (laughs) Like... I met Scott Jaime and I think I sported that hat for years and uh, I don't know. I wish I still had it. So I'm kind of bummed I don't, but I go through a bunch of hats. I'll say that. So, (laughs) you know, one thing that I really remember from that documentary, other than the highlight of you just being out there in the meet and greet afterwards was just what Matt Trappy did out there. Man, and he's just taking pictures and videos. And I remember seeing you in your RV and maybe ice in your ankles. And man, dude, you were you were a wreck. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, dude. To be blunt. Ouch, ouch. What is this guy going through out there? You know? And um, honestly, man, I was just getting into ultra running. Like, you know, I'll say it planted the seed, but that was so far from anything I could ever, ever grasp just the magnitude of something like that. And, uh, last week we interviewed Eric Truey and his Mar and his dad, Marv. And again, giving credit to them because man, it was kind of Eric's like dream and vision to kind of follow your lead, Scott. And out there and it took us two summers to kind of complete the whole trail just sections at a time and really put in in the data and man it was every single weekend adventure we were out there your name came up and it was like hey man scott was out here look at this was the section he did and just trying to envision man how you did that and and the logistics and you know, I, I think it's fair to say like, man, what, what can we learn from, from you? And you paved the way along, I mean, and Dale started it, but every single person and 
the truth is there's only eight people that have successfully done this that have claimed that kind of next fastest known time. And that's a pretty small niche in this amazing, you know, running community that we all call family here. But it's like, well, what could we do different than too? And um, I, I think that others can learn from what Eric and I did now too. You know, we just continue to set the bar. But man, for Matt, I what I did and what I really hope and plan to share with our participants through all this is the time I took to take pictures and video because of Matt Trappy's like inspiration. You know, I think <laughs> I think it might be a little soft right now, this record, because man, I would have wasted way too much time out there. <laughs> Like, seriously, <laughs> Eric's like, dude, can you stop already? Like, maybe just, like, interview every fifth through hiker, you know? Because I've got some, like, great footage of just stopping and, like, hey, what's your name? You mind if I uh, take a quick video? Like, where are you from? How long you been out here? What's your name? And, man, I think those are the really cool stare- stories to share, just the people that are out there and what they are going through day to day. And their highlight, I mean, they're so excited to hit Durango for either their first burger or a plate of Mexican food. They're definitely going to get, I guess, their free beer if they complete yeah. the CT. You know, I didn't even know that was a thing, you know? So really, really cool. but. You know, also to hear each of you guys talk about finishing in Waterton Canyon. And um, Scott, I, I made a note, you described it as maybe this hollow feeling, maybe a little anticlimactic, right? Man, I would be out there and just breaking into tears, like uncontrollably, and just like a roller coaster of emotions. And I think that's a similar feeling for people that run ultras, especially hundred miles um, running through the night, most likely. And I think you kind of live a lifetime of experiences and memories and thoughts while you're out there, but now magnify that by, you know, a whole week and 500 miles, man, I just, I went through the ringer, like, just like you guys did. Mm -hmm. And man, those, coming down Waterton Canyon is like the worst part of the whole trail. (laughs) It's like, you know, you're so close, but it's kind of that buffed out service road and they've got reflective mile markers every half mile. I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't even want to see those. Just like, ah, it just seemed like an eternity to get down there and Dale to hear you now that you're down, but they won't even let you like actually (laughs) finished yet like that's so terrible so terrible but man you get down there and i i i really remember like so excited for the support and family and friends that were sharing those last miles with me but man i it you finish and it's just like surreal you know it's like did that really happen i Don't even think I shed a tear. And man, I was crying uncontrollably for miles and miles prior to that, you know? And the truth is, and man, I don't know what you guys think. All you want is to finish and then you get to the end and, 
you question, could you keep going? I don't know. Memory I had, it meant the world to me to have you meet me at Kenosha Pass. I know you were kind of following my progress with our satellite, like our uh, spot tracker. But man, we shared some miles together that last day, that last big push for me. And dude, I just couldn't believe it. You were personally congratulating me for breaking the record. And (laughs) I kind of laugh at that, just knowing knowing that I had 70 plus miles to go and our experience firsthand of running these ultras, man, anything can happen out there. Right. And, um, but I felt like you believed in me and that, that, that really kept me going. Fortunately, I was able to continue to pick up the pace by support from you and my crew and pacer. But one of these, uh, these conversations we had <laughs> was you um, asking about the concept of the the Colorado Trail yo-yo, <laughs> and um, man, that was kind of about the last thing I wanted to even talk about at that point. <laughs> I'm like, I just need to get like the first 500 done. But um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that that's that's out there for somebody still. And uh, maybe you can even share, because I think last year you kind of set out on that, right? And maybe you could just share a little bit about that motivation and what that that um, adventure might entail. Yeah, I I, um, I mean, I when I met you at Kenosha, I mean, you you look strong, you looked happy. And I know once you get closer to the barn, you smell the hay and, and I know what that feeling is. So so I knew. Um, you were on record pace, but having said that, that's probably why I brought up the yo-yo is because the human spirit always wants a little bit more, right? So you accomplish something, you get done, you get, you sit in front of your computer after an ultra and you're like, okay, what's next? What, what am I going to do next? So last year I, I had the intentions of, of doing a a yo-yo and I didn't really know what it looked like. Um, all I knew is that the capacity in my mind was there to do it. Hey, maybe uh, could you just share what what the yo-yo? Yeah, I was going to ask that. What it? Uh, oh, def- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So the yo-yo is uh, just doing both directions. So if I started in Denver, I would go to Durango and then uh, turn around and go right back to Denver. So it's just both directions. So mm-hmm. it's a total of a thousand miles. And and I I kind of toyed with the idea early on in the year. But I, I, I think the, the one thing that we take for granted is our fitness and, and our youth. And um, I, I, as I went through the year, I wasn't preparing like I should. And so I, I set out actually to do something and it was going to be a unsupported to Durango and supported on the way back. Mm-hmm. That's what I intended to do. And, and I didn't make it very far because the unsupported, that's a different animal. And that's a different level of suffering. And it's a different level of planning. And if you don't have it dialed in, um, you're not going to make it very far. Or you will make it far, but you won't make it very far fast. How about that? I still think that that's out there. And, and you know, I I'm in love with the Colorado Trail. It's in my back door. Um, I, I'll never forget my experiences. And 
you know, who knows? Who knows? I, I might be back out on it doing something. What I think yep. is really interesting, um, we all take this no matter what level of running and what we do with running, but you have all your personal experiences on the trail, even though you have the ending where it's kind of similar, each of you, you all have your own stories that you hold with you and will hold with you for the rest of your life that'll never leave. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing to hear you and the accomplishments that you have done with the Colorado Trail. I do want to jump back over to Dale and talk for just a few minutes. And, and by the way, before I, I bring that up, I just want to say I hope our listeners are enjoying a little bit of history of how this has all come about and some of the record holders out here and people that started the Colorado Trail. It's pretty awesome. Anyways, I want to get back to the uh, iconic, ironic hard rock. And <laughs> and uh, how, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, it's been... Uh, Two years now that uh, there's been a cancellation last year with snow and this year because of the pandemic, it's uh, right. kind of sucks. What's, what's going on on that? That, that kind of suck. It really sucks. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think it's a, a, a very good reminder of, of who and what is, I don't want to say in charge, but I remember Billy Simpson, one of our one of our veteran runners, said, "You know what, Dale? Mother Nature always bats last," and and so I think it's it's tough. You know, it's tough to to maintain kind of this sense. Hard Rock is, if it's anything, it's about a sense of community, and when you don't have that community coming together on a regular basis, it's it's just really tough. And I and I think last year we did a a good job of bringing people together at a thing we called Camp Hard Rock, which a lot of people after they left that, and this was just more of a social thing, they said, well, maybe we got to just do this like every three or four years and not have a run because they, they got to, you know, they got to go out and drink beer. They got to see other parts of the San Juans that they never, never saw because when you're and and Scott and Brian both know this, when you're preparing for an ultra, you're preparing for an ultra and, and your focus is pretty, it's it's laser focused, and and so to be able to be around and share community, and not have to worry about oh I I need to get to bed at this time or else I'm going to pay for it later or whatever. To be able to go out and 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 have fun was really kind of a really cool thing, and so I think that fits some of the need of the of community. But still, you know, hard rock is about testing limits, at least in part of it, and it's it's tough to to not to not be able to see everybody. And to be to experience that um, as they come across and finish and, and be part of, of getting them to the finish line and that kind of thing for a couple of years. Wow. I really hope that it, it happens next year. And there's, you know, a lot of races. Yeah, I think I we've pretty happens. much run the gamut except for the locusts. I think that's about the only thing that we don't. <laughs> All right. You just cursed yeah, it. Got, you just cursed it. Really, uh, <laughs> Three strikes and you're out, man. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I wish you the best for next year. I hope it I yeah. hope it happens. I mean, everybody's suffering now in the running world, no matter what you're doing. Right. Uh, possibly now with loosening up some of the restrictions, some of the fall, at least trail races will happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think of road races. I think most of them are going to be done. But uh, so maybe some trail races will happen. You uh, you have a history in Durango, too. You were... Uh, you were a city councilor and the mayor of Durango and all that in a period of 2003 to 2007, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know that city like yeah. the back of your hand, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's 
it's interesting. And, and I think probably Brian, you know, we, we all have one of our, one of my goals, or I think we all have a goal is where is home? And for me, Durango is home. I mean, I, I came to, I came here to go to school and was fortunate enough to, to be able to stay here and make a good living for, you know, for, for my adult life. And, and, and that, and that really does kind of make me want to give back. And that's what I saw part of, um, you know, giving back to my community. And that's, that's why I, I chose to get involved in politics for, but I also found out that politics is a tough business, even at the local level. Um, and when I knew that when I didn't want to go into my local supermarket because I didn't want to deal with people coming up and saying hi to me or, or lobbying me or whatever, or worrying about their intentions as to why they were talking to me, it's like, I need to get out of this. So I went back to teaching. Yeah. Well, it you was know. kind of fun to have kids introduce me as this is my teacher, Mr. Garland. And they go, well, no, he's the mayor. It's like, no, he's my teacher. You know, so. It was like, <laughs> well, you know, being being the race director, high school teacher, your background in politics, being the first team to hammer out the Colorado Trail. That's all really good. But what I really want to know is your main accomplishment and that's what's this DJ career thing you got going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, poor starving teachers got to figure out something to do to make a little bit more extra money. So, so there you go. Got it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Brian, you got anything? I mean, I'm so happy these 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 guys are awesome. And you have any other questions? Can I, Jim? I just like yeah. to say, and listening yeah. to Scott and Brian, you know, and we all we what we share is this love of a, of a thing, this centerpiece of what is Colorado. And I think that the Colorado trail, um, is, is Colorado personified and whether it took, you know, eight days to do it or 17 days, you're, you're in some of the most beautiful country in the world. And, and I was, I, I had the, I'm, I'm fortunate to live pretty close, just like Scott and Brian are. And, you know, and last week, in fact, last week I was up on top of Kennebec pass and just, just to sit there and go, this is where I live is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. You know, and the fact that Jaime and I ran into each other at a trailhead and part of a pretty amazing 29-mile loop, part of that is seven or eight miles on the Colorado Trail. And man, it just like keeps bringing us back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's that's kind of what's drawing hopefully these participants here in this challenge is that we can share our love for the state mm -hmm. that we have, this trail, and really just continue to inspire people to get out. And, um, right. you know, I'm like, like I said earlier, honored and humbled to share this, this experience with you guys. And I just continue to look forward to sharing that with our participants this, uh, this summer too. You're doing uh, a good thing, Brian Williams. You're doing a good thing. You're doing a, you're, <laughs> you're doing a good thing. And, uh, and, and I really hope the participants out there that are not from Colorado will get out to Colorado sometime and, and experience the trail that they've, you know, just completed, or they're going to complete 500 miles and see what they did the 500 miles for and the beauty out there. In our last podcast, Brian just recently before that put up this montage of pictures, beautiful vistas and, and scenery of the Colorado Trail back with the background of music. 
And if you can't get excited looking at that and want to come to Colorado and check stuff out, nothing's yeah. going to excite you. Right. You know, one, one more thing I'll just add to this is prior to launching this event, we actually reached out to Bill at the Colorado Trail Foundation. We got his approval to use their logo and are totally supported by the foundation. And a portion of all these proceeds go directly back to the Colorado Trail Foundation. He couldn't continue to express his appreciation and um, gratitude for an event like this, because specifically this summer, because of all the pandemic, you know, we aren't, we might not be able to get the volunteers out like we normally would. They rely heavily on donations just to upkeep the trails. And we're just super excited by the end of this event to write a big, big check to them. And if it wasn't for Goody and all the volunteers through the years and all the money that goes into this, none of us would have this experience to get out there. So it's a pretty special thing. And uh, I'm just personally excited to raise this money. And um, when participants do sign up, there's a portion there of the registration fees, but they're also given the opportunity to also make an additional contribution to the Colorado Trail Foundation. Also COVID front um, first responder, like the relief fund. So, you know, like I said, I'm just excited to give back. So I wanted to thank you guys for all your generosity in, in this event. Thanks, Brian. Well, Dale and Scott, thank you so much for coming on. And congratulations on all your accomplishments with the Colorado Trail and everything else that you're doing, all your other races and with the Hard Rock Dale for next year. And Brian, thank you as always for everything that you're doing and for directing this event. And to all the participants out there, keep on keeping on. We got 95 days to do this and a lot of people are putting in a lot of miles. And if you just happen to fall upon this podcast and you still want to do the trail challenge, you still can. You can still sign up. A little less than two and a half months left, but you can still get in your 500 miles, whether you're doing it solo or a two, three or four person relay team. Just go to ultrasignup.com and look for the virtual Colorado Trail Challenge. All right. Until next time, my name is Jim Lynch. And if you get a chance, go to my podcast at feelgoodrunning.com. Again, thank you for listening. And again, thank you to our amazing guests. Have a good week and get in your miles.